You're listening to What the Folklore, making sense of senseless tales. We're What the Folklore. Hey guys. Hi. This is the season of thanks. What are you all thankful for? Hmm. It speaks for itself. I'm thankful for limited battery life. <laughs> nah, I got my charger right here. Aw, oh, damn. <laughs> what are we doing? Are we going? You said we were going. Are we going? You're you're in charge here. You got the reins. Oh, we are recording. Look at that. It's that time again already. <laughs> Do you guys want to guess what I'm thankful for? It's just uh, hold on. I'll give you exactly one guess each. I just gotta heal my Pokemon, then I'll be ready to go. <laughs> <sighs> Electric Boogaloo. Incorrect. Ah, damn. You wasted your guess. I thought I'd be real close on that one at least. What is the one thing in this world that I am thankful for? Food fight. You already used yours. Damn it. Full health. Is that your guess? <laughs> healthy, healthy, beautiful team of children. All right. Ugh. Well, I'm thankful for Gordy's unicorn hoodie. This is what the folklore. <laughs> We're off to a rather great start. I can't even speak words. Sub subtitle. Thanks, Nintendo. <laughs> Thank you, Doug. Thank you, Nintendo. For your, for the, for the 2DS and the blessings you've given us this year. Which may or may not include Breath of the Wild. I'm not sure about your next console. We'll see about that. Um. You still have your guess for what Tyler's thankful for. Were we doing that? He already said it. Did he? Yeah. Full health? Nope. Oh. What did I say? You said what I was thankful for. You I just didn't know it. I honest to God do not remember. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thankful for Doug, of course. Oh, right, right, right. <laughs> oh, of course. Yeah. Well, I think everybody's thankful for Doug this year. <laughs> it's been, 2016 has not been a great year. I think most of us will agree. But Doug pulled through. We lost David Bowie. We gained Doug. We lost Alan Rickman. We gained Doug. <laughs> we lost... Who knows? America. <laughs> <laughs> we lost We lost our democracy. <laughs> the United we States. Lost, we lost our good standing with the planet. Uh, <clears throat> we may have lost the planet. We've been through the most exhausting election in American history. We lost an ozone layer. It's, it's been it's been a harsh one. I think we lost a couple of species. Too. Lost a couple of reefs. <laughs> one big one, in particular, but there has been one man or woman. They or, keep, or they keep their, they one keep figure. Their, yeah, who who we can all rely on. Thank you, Doug. Thank you, Doug. Thanks, Doug. What are we doing? Uh, this is what the folklore. We're uh -huh. making sense of senseless tales. That's our whole job. We're going to clean up some old, dusty, twisted, broken stories that we found in humanity's attic. We're going to put them up together into a nice, shiny, 
new, still a little twisted tale. And all that we ask for in return is oodles of tryptophan. Just put us right out. Yep. Shove us. Don't wake us up till everything's done. Shove us full of roast bird, which may or may not have grown from a tree. And, and what kind of stories are we doing? What's our, what's our manifesto? Here? I want to replace my meat with bird meat. It's better for you. No more muscle. <laughs> it's just going to be bird meat under my skin. It's just, it's just turkey breast all the way down. <laughs> You're just going to be a skin sack full of yeah. bird. Full, just, just full swap. Loose, loose tenderloins <laughs> slipping around in there. In between the bones. <laughs> what, are we do, what are we doing? We're trying to do folklore. But Ty- yeah. Tyler's on a bird rant. Well, so. that's... That's that's the crux. This is what the folklore we read weird folk tales and fairy stories, and then we and then we talk about them and we and we try to ask the right questions and come up with some answers to make them make a little bit more sense. So, between user suggestions and the one week that we had to skip, it has been a full month since you two have had any power in this podcast. Two fortnights. Yep. Buckets. Yep, both accurate measurements for a full month. <laughs> That's the four-year-old upstairs who doesn't believe that people live in the floor. Yeah, I I would be mad, but I I I appreciate her logic. <laughs> That's the cutest reason to have a noisy upstairs neighbor that I can think of. Um. <clears throat> All right, so I'm gonna give you some tales and you two are probably going to choose a dumb metric by which yeah how do we how do we usually do this because i seem to remember having some pretty hard and fast rules yeah that we like we're sticklers yeah certainly for the rules i remembered one today i was trying to think of others yeah do you have any that you remember um none that are practical so, fire away with your idea. Uh, the one that I remembered today, and you reminded me of it this weekend, was which story contains the most dunks? Yeah. We always go with that one. Yeah, that, that's the prime directive. I don't know how to quantify that for you. How many, how many dunks? How that's... close does the title get to spelling the word dunk? Okay, that's fine, because all I can give you is the title. Oh, you... I'm no okay. longer, my Word doc full of notes is too big. It's already crashed once while we're talking. Too big to fail. So I cannot, like, skip around merrily through these stories to find some information for you. Okay. So you get title and country. Okay. I will say based on both of those, which one comes closest to spelling dunk? And if we have... A tie, then which one gets closest to spelling it twice? <laughs> okay. Dunk, dunk. D-U-N-K. Dunko. Dunkaroonie. I have to figure out which ones we've even read recently. What is that noise? Plumbing. Okay, it's Someone's running water. That noise you heard earlier was my 2DS. <laughs> Still with us. Thank you for your support. 
Okay. Worth noting, it was not purchased with Patreon dollars. <laughs> it was. It was definitely not purchased with Patreon. That was out of unicorn pocket. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So from the Grim collection, we have Grimmy's usually good. Fun to Vogel. Uh huh. That's got yeah, three of the letters. Right. Is there a K in there? No. Is there a C? No. Is there... There's a U and an N and a D. Is there any other letter that can make a hard K sound? No, there wasn't a hard K sound in Fundevogel or Grimm. There's also... There is an L, though. And that's the next letter after K. Yeah. That makes, that makes good sense. <laughs> what about the other one? Uh, let's see. From... If Is we... there a K in Germany? From Japan, we That's have... not good so far. Three strong women. Sounds pretty bad. <laughs> sounds like a terrible story. Three what? Strong women? Do you need three? Why aren't you just happy with one? There's there's only an N. And from Denmark, we have Blockhead Hans. I mean, Denmark is almost dunk in itself. The alternate title for this one is Clumsy Hans. Might as well just call it Dunkmark. <laughs> I think that's the winner. Den- Denmark to Dunkostan. What's it called? <laughs> Blockhead Hans. Blockhead Hans? Yes. Denmark to Dunkostan is an early contender. <laughs> I think. Well, that one definitely spells out donk, <laughs> which seems a little bit closer than the version with the L. And it sounds like a good story. Block, blockhead Stan? Hans. Or that. Is there a Stan in there somewhere? Did I just insert Stanley? that? Stanley? There's not I been think... a Stan in any of the options. Well, in Dunkistan, there's a Stan. There is. Okay. Okay, that's from your vocabulary. That's your, that's your, your contribution ever, entirely. Do you ever just not really listen to a conversation and then you just pull some noises that you think <laughs> you heard? Including <laughs> your own words in said conversation? Because you have added details to the story and then in the discussion has yeah. acted as though you yeah. heard them from me. Remember, remember that you time? You basically just said don't go Stan. <laughs> Looked around sharply and said who just said Stan? <laughs> remember remember you're, that you're time? Like, you're like the, the auditory version of a dog looking in a mirror and then <laughs> barking at the invader. <laughs> Do you remember that time that we invented that a king collects like creepy used hair dolls. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then I thought it was a real part of the story. Yep. I remember that. This is a good one. <laughs> this is the part I want to focus on. Because <laughs> that's the weirdest. Well. Are we doing Blockhead Hans? From, of course we are. Yeah, we're doing. Donk Mark. We're doing Blockhead Hans. From All right. Donkhead Donk. All right. Okay. Okay, so Blockhead Hans is a Hans Christian Andersen's tale, and it also appeared in Andrew Long's Yellow Fairy book. So they're two slightly different translations. I'm combining both of the translations. Um, one of the other translations for the title is Clumsy Hans, so 
I took that from the Hans Christian Andersen and then the Yellow Fairy book and included the best parts of each. There are only minor details that changed. Remix. Some, some of them had a better way of describing what was happening than others because it's all a translation, so. Yeah. Um, so, Clumsy Hans was translated by Jane Herschel and Blockhead Hans comes from Myth, MythFolklore.net is where I sourced the Yellow Fairy book version. Sure. This is Arn Thompson Type 853 Contest and Repartee. What's that called? Contest and Repartee. Sounds very fancy. It's what we do every week. Yeah, basically. This will be like watching us read our own podcast as a folklore. Welcome to the Ouroboros Prisoners. <laughs> so, good first pick, out, given your freedom back. Yeah, I feel good again. Yeah. All right. Feels I feel right. I feel strong. This feels right. Don't forget, listeners, if you want to ruin their joy, <laughs> send us more stories. You guys ready? Make them about dunks. Blockhead Hans. Out in the country, there was a mansion where an old squire lived with his two sons. These boys were both so witty that they thought themselves too clever for words. Sound like great to be around. Sounds like lazy again. It's lazy, lazy story writing. I'm not going they're to tell just, you any of those they're words. They're so clever, I can't even tell you. It's just too good. It'd go right over your head. Think about how clever they are. Now plus one. <laughs> <laughs> they're too clever for me to describe, for I am not half so clever they're, as these two. They're three clever, five me. Pun game. Sausage on half. (laughs) (laughs) Pun game on point. They do puns and the other one. Uh, What's the other, what's the one that's not a pun, but it sounds the same as the thing? A homonym? No. It's the... Homophone? Portmanteau. What? It's like you mash two things together. Yeah. Portmanteau. Yeah. That doesn't, what... That doesn't sound like a thing, but isn't the thing. These guys these guys are so clever, they can pun and portmanteau at the same time. I assume you're cutting that so the audience doesn't know how long it took you to get conclusion. I don't know, we'll see. <laughs> so, we're obviously not clever enough to describe these boys, um, but both of them had decided to marry the princess. This do, was... they, do they have any claim? Kind of. The princess has publicly declared that she would wed whoever had the most to say for himself. Which seems like a bad plan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Go do that on fucking Craigslist. <laughs> That'd be a good ad. We should take that out. Just see where it goes. I'll marry you if you can talk the longest about yourself. Who's got game? Video responses only. Show me the game. Show me that game. Um, so both brothers prepped for their wooing for a whole week, which was the longest time allowed to them for reasons. By whom? For I, don't, I don't know. Strict rules. This is like a debate club. I guess once you declare your intent, maybe you have to mail in an application and then they give you your waiting spot, your appointment time. But Mailing in their intent before they were prepared to deliver does not sound very clever to me. Well, this was enough time because they had been previously prepped. They're always prepped. One brother... They're always ready to spit mad bars. One brother knew the Latin dictionary and three years worth of the town paper by heart. He could recite it forwards and backwards. Is that clever? 
I mean, I think that's at least photographic memory. That he's not adding. I would not call own. that cleverness. I would call that the lady who can tell you what the weather was on like any day for the past twenty years. Yeah, there's a word for that. It's, it's a cool party trick. It's impressive, but it's not clever. If I listened not... to an NPR interview about that, yeah, I don't remember what it's called now though. What what's called that specific type of memory? That, being being that a, like complete recall memory. Being a savant. There's a specific terminology for it though. I mean, it definitely takes the place of other things. Idetic, idetic memory. Yes. Idetic. Okay. Yeah. Um. So that was his super special skill. The other brother was deeply versed in corporate law and could speak his opinions very clearly on matters of state. Again. That one's clever. Co- cool and all, is it? Well, he he's studied law. Sure. He knows corporate law. I guess okay. Specifically, right? I guess we should define what we mean by clever. Does it just mean smart? Smart. Because I because I've been thinking witty, like they're like that one seems more like mental gymnastics at least. Being a master of corporate law and being able to make connections between things and think critically, and since he can speak well on his opinions yeah. in matters of state, I think that would indicate that he can actually piece things together and make connections between them. Yeah. Um, he also has the skill of being able to do embroidery <laughs> really well. Oh, at the same time? That's a bonus. I think so. Can he can he embroider laws? Probably. Embroider his opinions? Probably. About law? It did specifically mention the types of embroidery, but I didn't bother putting that down. I think he's good at flowers and stuff and on a few different surfaces. If he embroiders a new law before anyone can stop him, does it become law? He had to embroider the law that makes that true first and get it passed. So their father gave each of them a fine horse to ride to the palace. The dictionary brother got a black horse and the law brother gets a white horse. And then they both smear their mouths with cod liver oil to make them more glib. Yeah. Helps the words slide out. Mm-hmm. So everyone in the town came out to watch them mount their horses and leave. And as they hopped up on the horses, their third brother showed up. Oh. Because it turns out the squire did in fact have three sons. But this one wasn't as learned as his brothers. So generally everybody in the town figured he didn't count as one of them. They just assumed he wasn't related. They just... He just doesn't exist this as is, part of this family. This is the brother played by a young Jeff Bridges. Um, and everyone called him Blockhead Hans. Title character makes his appearance. Yep. What are the other brothers' names? Uh, Dictionary Nothing. Bro and Law Bro. Lawhead Lou, Dictionary Donk. Donk? Not Dick or another... <laughs> Donkin. <laughs> Donk. <laughs> no, it's short for Donkin. Okay. <laughs> Everybody just calls him Don. Yeah. It's one of those common nicknames. Um, so Blockhead Hans asks, asks, what's going on here? And they tell him about the whole princess thing. And he says, oh, that sounds like a good plan. I'll do that too. And his brothers just laugh at him and ride away. As they would. So he asks his father for a horse because he feels like getting married too. And if she takes me, she takes me. And if she doesn't take me, I'll take her anyway. He didn't know he had to register before he could do this? No, apparently not. But also that language is... Marriage material. Right. Like, if I pulled up all three of these guys <laughs> these pro- on OkCupid... These profiles. <laughs> I would definitely be far more intrigued by 
guy who who was really into corporate accomplished law. lawyer and embroiderist. Yeah. And and the other guys like, do you want to know what happened in my town in the last three years? I, I can, can tell, tell you, you in any Latin. day, name a day. And I'm like, no, I don't care. I can tell you in Latin. Or or the guy who says, if you tell me no, we're going out anyway. Uh, so his father says no to him. You don't even know how to talk properly. Clearly. As your, you have just evidenced. No one taught him manners. <laughs> your brothers are intelligent, so they got horses. Um, so Hans says, okay, I'll just take my billy goat. And he mounts his goat. And he rides off at a full gallop. And depending on the translation, he's crying alley-oop or hoppity-hop. I think I know which one we prefer th- as a group. <laughs> it's alley-oop, for sure. <laughs> See, this is a good choice. This is a very basketball-rich <laughs> story. Did basketball come from Denmark? I think so. Isn't that true? Yeah. Who invented it? Abner Doubleday invented baseball, I think. What's this character's name? Basketball originated in 1891 when a future Presbyterian minister named James Naismith was assigned to teach a physical education class at a young men's Christian association training school in Springfield, Massachusetts. Nailed it. Denmark. Got it. (laughs) Swish. Nothing but net. <laughs> Swish on that one. Three points. Buckets. Um, what a ride, here I come. And he shouts this so loudly that he can be heard from like all over the place. Yeah. His brothers rode quietly and dignified ahead of him, both wrapped up in... Could they hear him coming? Oh, yeah. They could absolutely hear him coming. <laughs> They're just... They're just quietly... Eyes wrapped... over their... Or hands over their eyes. Face palming. Very focused on what they're going to say to this princess and is not paying him any mind. January 9, four inches of rain. <laughs> Bill the Cobber murdered his neighbor Mary in a crime of passion. January 5th, no news. January 6th, Bill F- Fleischman successfully coached the Miami Heat. <laughs> To victory over the Boston Celtics in the final four of the NAA's... Nope, that's, <laughs> that's a civil rights group. NCAA, maybe. Is that a basketball one? I don't know. Who knows? Southeast Conference. Swish. That's a football. I don't watch these. Swish three points. Good dunks. So he catches up to him on his goat and shouts... Hello, here I am. <laughs> oh, look what I found on the road. And then he picks up a dead crow and shows it to them. This is quite a guy. He's got a whole bunch of interests. Forced dating and and recyclable taxidermy. Dead animal collection. He wasn't so cheerful sounding. You would think he would want to wear you as a skin suit. Because he's so cheerful sounding, I think he wants to wear me as a skin suit. Also because of the way he treats dead animals. (laughs) (laughs) Blockhead, his brothers say, what are you going to do with that? And Blockhead Hans informs them that he is going to give it to the princess, of course. Dunk. Dunk. Three points. And they say, traveling. Sure, you go ahead and do that. And they laugh and ride ahead of him. High sticking. Uh, so he catches up to them again, saying, Hello, here I am. And then, Let's see how far I can carry this basketball thing, understanding relatively little about the sport. And he exclaims then, Oh, look what I found. This is really something. And his brothers ask him what it is, and he shows them that he has found a wooden shoe with the upper part broken off. Hobo shoe. 
Yeah. Like a like so a toeless a toeless shoe. I think so. Or like just the top bit. So it's a sandal. Mm. It's a reverse sandal. Yeah. I don't know. It covers all the parts a sandal doesn't. <laughs> they ask him if uh, this is for the princess too, and he says yes, of course. Can we start selling those? <laughs> a, a complimentary sandal. Right. So then it just becomes a shoe. It's like a box <laughs> if you fuse for your them foot. together. <laughs> this is the sandal you lid. Put, put your flip flops on, and then you clamp the rest over it. Hey, did you accidentally buy sandals when you meant to buy shoes? <laughs> we got a product for you. Make your Come summer on. to fall transition easier. It's like those zip-off shorts, but for shoes. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. Sometimes you just need sandals. Crocs aren't going to do it. They certainly won't. Crazy Jim's discount, discount reverse shoe outlet. Come buy the parts to shoes that you don't have. Everything must stay. <laughs> it's likely. Everything <laughs> is likely to stay. Well, it's reverse. What are we doing here? Oh, it's Bizarro Land. Yeah. Get out of our store. (laughs) These are our shoes. Get out of here, customer. You can't have any. These are my sandal tops. (laughs) That's how you make scarcity. (laughs) Forced scarcity. Drive up the prices. I like that idea for a store, too. (laughs) What? You present to the world products that they cannot have. (laughs) It creates a feeling. You just show them. It creates a feeling of exclusivity. Yeah. Nobody's good enough to Look have at these them. TVs. You can't have them. There are TVs. We made them. <laughs> Get out of this store. All right, so he catches up to his brothers a third time uh, with the whole hello, here I am. Uh, this time he tells them he's not going to tell them what he found. And they... And they're like, f***ing finally. <laughs> just shut up. Well, they just look at him and say, um, it's nothing but mud from the ditch. <laughs> uh-huh. And Hans counters with the fact that it is very fine mud. Look out! Look at how it runs so smoothly through my fingers. And then he fills his pockets with it. Hans is diarrhea. <laughs> Hans, you found diarrhea. Hans, put it down. Nope. Hans, in, into my pockets. No, Hans, it's diarrhea. Hans, oh, my pockets. They're gone. They're squishy now. Oh, Hans. Squishy with fine muds. So the brothers now gallop ahead as fast as they can. <laughs> They at least don't just <laughs> fill his pockets with diarrhea. They at least don't want to stand in line next to him, I think. Let's split. And they they do get to the gate an hour ahead of him. Okay. Well, horses. Versus goat. Horses yeah. versus a goat. That's what you get. At the gate, each prospective suitor was given a numbered ticket, and then they were packed in rows, six men to a row. Like they're buying cheese? Yeah, kind of, <laughs> I guess. Why is cheese? The... Well, like a grocery deli. Oh, okay. Wait, everybody takes a number? Take a number. Yeah. So they take a number, they stand six to a row, and they're packed in so tightly that they couldn't move their arms, which was for the best, because otherwise they would have torn each other apart just because some of them were closer in line than others. Yeah. And also, Stan doesn't have room to get the diary out of his pockets. <laughs> That's true, too. He's hemmed in. But I think the the problem here is that we got a bunch of alphas stuck in a line together, trying to be the most. We gotta guard each other, be vigilant on the court. Trying desperately to cuck each other. Um, Meanwhile, all of the town's inhabitants are peering through the windows of the castle to see the suitors try their luck. So nothing's getting done in this town. (laughs) This is a spectator event, apparently. Was this town built just to house this event? 
Maybe. Did it exist before this? Well, maybe the uh, the week deadline was that she was only going to do this one day with everybody. Because if this is just an ongoing test... It's a bit much. This town is... There can't be that many suitors. It's going to collapse. I mean, people could come from neighboring kingdoms. That's fine. But you will eventually... You're going to run out of people. <laughs> Sooner or later. But if we know anything, like just a super hot princess will keep people moving. That's true. And completely losing their minds in every way possible. Mm-hmm. Um, so all the inhabitants are watching this, and as each man entered the room, he became completely tongue-tied, and the princess would cry, No good! Take him away! At least she has standards. Well, she has Must one, be able to speak. One standard, which is one who talks the most. So the dictionary bro comes in, but he has forgotten his whole dictionary while waiting in line. So he commits seppuku, having no purpose. Also, the floor of the room was creaky, and the ceiling was made of mirrors so he could see himself standing on his head. And at each window in the room, there were three clerks and an alderman writing down every word that was spoken so that it could be printed in the papers and sold for two pennies on street corners. Why? (laughs) Also, that's not how ceilings work. Also, why mirrors? Also, no. <laughs> and finally, are they gonna what? Are they gonna print this? I see this room has got new tongue tied too. Take him away. Are they gonna print a paper with every single person's speech? Yep. And then they're gonna sell it for two pennies. Is that isn't that copyright infringement? Isn't no, that a high school yearbook? Reporting the news. It's the yearbook. <laughs> This is everybody's senior quote. Yeah. In addition to all of these stressors that bog him down, the fires in the room were pumped up so it was incredibly hot in there. Uh, He awkwardly comments on the heat, and the princess says, Well, of course it's hot. My father is roasting young chickens today. In one of these translations, he just says, uh, a couple times, but in my favorite translation, he says, Bah! Got him. It panics and makes a sheep sound. Because <laughs> he was not prepped for such a speech, and his wit was failing him. Bah, he says again, and she says, no good, take him away. So Lawbro is next, and he has also forgotten everything he oh, knows. Oh, come on, Law. I know, he's so come good. Come on, Lawman. Um, he also comments on the heat. She repeats the whole chicken thing, and he says, what did you, uh, what? And the clerks carefully the copy answer. down, what did you, uh, what? And she sends him away. <laughs> now, somehow, it's Blockhead Hans's turn. Okay, pause. What is he going to do with the three things? He's, he's got dirt, mud, diarrhea in his pockets. He's got a dead bird. And he's got something else that he picked up. He's got the shoe that inspired the whole... Yes, he's got a weird shoe. What's he, what's he going to do with him? He's going to throw the diary on the fire and put it out. He's going to throw the diarrhea in her eyes to momentarily blind and give her pink eyes and incapacitate her. Uh, he will strap the shoe onto her, locking her in place. <laughs> like, a, like a boot on a car? Yeah. She, he'll tie the shoe to the chair she's in. And then he'll carve his name into her with the dead beak. What? For ownership? Okay. So that's Tyler's thing. <laughs> which one of us is closer? Well, Gordy only did one thing, which was the diarrhea on the fire. How do you uh, think he's going to get the other? Come at me. 
Maybe. We'll see whose plan works better. Um, for obtaining woman. I don't know. Can they... Maybe Maybe the bird is just... Or the, sh- the shoe. The shoe's just a conversation starter. Maybe he just feels like he needs an intro to this conversation. Look at this stuff. And he's like, look at like look at what I found out there. How do you like my shoes? I like your shoes. And then when he complains about the fire, she'll say, oh, my dad's roasting baby chickens. And he'll say, well, here, you can add this to the fire. And then when Seasoning. She, and then when she does, he'll just he'll blast both of them with diarrhea and the trap will be complete. Gordy's closer. Wow. <laughs> Son of a bitch. For a little while I was looking like you were closer, but then he pulled it out. I'm curious how. Okay, so it's Hans's turn. In spite of being an hour behind of his brothers, mm-hmm. I guess everyone else just bailed. And he just rides his goat directly into the hall. <laughs> it's a power move. Does he do any donuts first? <laughs> sure. He just does a <laughs> does couple he, of power slides does around he come the courtroom. In doing a wheelie. <laughs> <laughs> bad you know to the that, bone place. You know that trick, like the stunt parking. Yeah. Where you like you flip the car around and then it just power slides into the into the parking spot. <laughs> That's what he's gonna do on this goat. It just <laughs> when you said that, I pictured him power sliding the goat into the fire where it explodes. <laughs> he bails at the last second, yeah. and then he jumps away from the cool explosion. Yeah, just walks away from it. Sunglasses on. Uses it to light a cigarette. More goats where that came from. It's just the beginning, baby. Okay, so he rides his goat right into the hall, and he also comments on the heat in there. And she says, yeah, it's for roasting chickens. And he says, how fine can I get my crow roasted? Yep. So ding, 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 one for Gordy. And she says, yeah, sure. Do you have anything to roast it in? I have no pots and pans. Is he going to roast it in his shoe? He says, no problem, I have this. And he pulls out the shoe and calls it a cooking pot with an old tin handle. Which begs the question of what the (laughs) hell kind of shoe this is. (laughs) Yeah, for a second I thought, like, did we make up that it's a shoe? Nope, it's a shoe. Okay. That's real? Yep, that's real. That's real in both translations. And then he puts the crow inside the shoe. The princess says, why, that's enough for a whole meal. But where do we get sauce from? And he says, I have plenty in my pocket. So much, in fact, I can afford to spill some. And he pours some out of his pocket, presumably just onto the floor. Diarrhea gravy! If you're looking, you and your family are looking for a fun new way to cook Thanksgiving dinner this Thanksgiving, consider jamming your bird up into a shoe. And then covering it in mud and or poop. And just hopping that into the oven. Happy Scatsgiving. 425 degrees for six hours. Six hours. (laughs) Put it in a crock. It'll ventilate better. You're still talking about a crow, right? Yeah. Whatever bird you've got, (laughs) go find one on the ground. (laughs) Don't don't pay for a turkey like a sucker. Birds are dead go, everywhere. Go get you one. They're everywhere. <laughs> Try to catch one with a net. Shake a stick at a tree. <laughs> yeah, just just ruffle the branches until some fly out. Go to the zoo one. and club an emu. <laughs> <laughs> They're mean, though. So, I mean, be careful. But if you do kill it, definitely cook it. <laughs> like, they definitely serve that bad boy up. That sucker's an achievement. <laughs> You're going to want to mount, either mount it or eat it. Or both. 
Not its head, deep fry its body. It's our the what the folklore recipe for for a three point bird <laughs> this Thanksgiving. <laughs> also green beans? Yeah, side side is never bad. Get some cranberry. I don't care what. Sauce, juice, cran it up. Raw berries. Yeah. Jello? Do they do that? Cran paste. Guys, ready? Could you sculpt a whole bird out of cranberry jello? I don't see why not. And just eat that. You freeze parts of it at least. Can you take the jello off of the bird, like the goopy stuff, and trick someone <laughs> into are thinking you, it's cranberry are sauce? Are you talking about just a bird's natural jello? <laughs> yeah. Like from the bones. <laughs> just like yeah, just like the various jellies that come <laughs> come with any bird that you eat. Yeah. <laughs> that you have to secrete and milk out of it. Can first? we cran flavor that? Yeah, I don't see why not. It might already be the case. Infused with cran. <laughs> cran blasted. <laughs> cran blasted turkey juice. <laughs> uh, what are we doing? Okay, so he's just poured mud on the floor, and she says, I like that. You have an answer for everything, and you know how to speak. I'll take you for my husband. She's got three answers to not very different questions. <laughs> They're pretty, like, linked. They're like, they were actually all follow-ups to the original question. (laughs) That's not a good metric. She's... Her standards have lowered over the day. Evidently. Yeah. Uh, And she continues with, But listen, do you understand that everything you said is being recorded by these fellows in the windows here? Audio tape? To be published in the paper tomorrow. That old alderman is the worst of all. He doesn't understand anything. What? Did she say this? She said this. Is this some kind of, like... What does that matter? Like, intellectual self-protection? So she can pretend like he didn't really advocate eating a dirt shoe bird? <laughs> if they're gonna look at the record later and be like, you like, you idiot alderman, you wrote this down wrong. You're supposed to take down the recipe. Uh, she said this only to frighten Hans. Okay. Or that. And to tease him. Yeah. Did it, did it do either? Yeah. And all of the clerks, upon hearing it, chuckled with delight and dropped bits of ink on the ground. Why do they want to marry this woman? Princess? Yeah. Is it worth it? Swag. Um, and Hans replies, oh, so these are the gentlemen. I must give the alderman the best I have. And then he throws the mud in the alderman's face. Blinded the wrong one. That was what was making you closer. <laughs> is that someone close to the princess is blinded? Yeah, someone got mud to the face. Someone in proximity. Um, the princess responds, Cleverly done. I could oh. never have done it, but I'll learn in time. I don't think that word means what they think it does. MandyPatinkin.gif This story is just two idiots telling each other not riddles. <laughs> These are anti-riddles. <laughs> like, this is... <laughs> This is Aaron Sorkin's idiot brother trying to write something. <laughs> <laughs> he sees how it's done. It's just witty banter back Aaron, and forth. Aaron Sorkin's younger brother, <laughs> Baron Sorkin. <laughs> this is Baron Sorkin. He was made from Aaron Sorkin's flesh, but the, the copier was out of toner, so he's a little off. They made two kids in the womb. They cloned one. <laughs> but something went, yeah, something went wrong. You change one, like one G to a C in the DNA, and you go from writing the West Wing to writing <laughs> writing <laughs> this swill. 
Baron Sorkin looks at the walk and talk and he's like, that's pretty good, but what about the sit and talk about nothing? <laughs> maybe maybe it's an art piece. Maybe it's, it's, it's knockoff Ionesco. Can't, can it be considered witty repertoire if it is, or repartee, rather, if it is nothing? If, if they're saying things that don't mean anything to each other. I mean, being clever is all about the words you don't say, right? It, they're, what they're doing is thieves can't to each other right now. <laughs> okay, I got like two sentences and then we can run into discussion and tear this thing a new one. Okay. All right. And so Blockhead Hans was made king with a wife and a crown and he sat on the throne. This we have straight from the alderman's newspaper. The Nantucket Chili Peppers, you said. But that is not to be depended upon. <laughs> the end. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> so, are you two ready to discuss? Yeah, I guess let's just get into it. Let's rip this meat apart. Bucket <laughs> sofa paper. <laughs> So we, we have a lot wrong with this. Sure. Yeah, we more, do. More wrong with it than right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. First and foremost, Tilda Swinton library card. Excuse me? Apricots jello. Yeah. Sword nuggets. Cobble pot. <laughs> Elephant bimbo. Fartaloo. This story, as you were telling it to me, <laughs> I was picturing myself being there, witnessing it. And it's the kind of event where I would see two people, like, looking smarmy at each other and, like, winking and smiling as they say <laughs> these stupid witty things. And I'd be like, fuck it, whatever. And go away. It is, it is like, it is like overhearing any D&D game. Yeah, kind of. And I say this as a person who loves playing D&D. If you walk by, it sounds incredibly stupid. <laughs> There's, there's no way around it. It just sounds super dumb if you're not involved. Basically, this princess was looking for someone who would yes and her improv games. Basically. <laughs> yeah, to infinity. <laughs> yes and and never stop. <laughs> and she doesn't care what she gets as long as they can keep that train moving. His reign as king is an extended game of chicken. Or crow, as it were. <laughs> sure. Where neither one is sure when the other one will stop. There's no actual communication or no. intimacy between them. And no one wants to be the first one to drop it. Yeah. And just say, hey, can we have a real conversation <laughs> for once as they make love? What Ugh. are their children going to be like? Dumb. dumb. <laughs> like, they're just... Assuredly dumb, but they're not going to learn any social skills. God no. willing, non-existent. <laughs> they, they will not they be will... able to converse. And they will pick dead things up all the time. This does have the the air of of just a constant game of escalating dares. <laughs> I like that she is planning to learn from Blockhead Hans how to, without remorse, fling mud into someone's face. And she just like she thinks that's a pretty cool thing to do. Right. She can't do that right now, but she is going to train hard every day. <laughs> hit the hit the court every day. Until so you're, so you're the best the game has to offer. Chicago Bulls. <laughs> 1990-something champion. Three-peat. Three-peat? Yeah. Labra's definitely best bet for husband material. Yeah, clearly. Clearly, if you if you had a, just a dossier on each one, 
I think I think you go for for lawman every time. So I don't I don't know what the story is trying to teach us unless unless, it is... unless you're very into the news. You would have to be so into the past news though of a specific like, town. It's not in the current country. events, right? And they live in a town in the country. Yeah, it's probably so it's, not good news. So it's not like an important city where lots of things are happening. It's basically whose goat won the county fair and what crops are dead now. So this story is kind of perpetuating the the cult of anti-intellectualism. Yep, very much so. Because the smart brothers, who don't actually seem all that arrogant. They don't. They, like, like they decide they want to enter this contest and then they spend a week preparing like, to training, do so. Like, trying to feel well prepared for it. Like, not, it doesn't seem arrogant to me. They they practiced. And they're not nasty to each other either. Like, they have no. a weird glibness ritual, but whatever. I'm not going to judge you for what you put on your face. And they're not especially mean <laughs> to Hans, like, other than the nickname that everybody has for him, <laughs> including their father. Yeah. So, like, they grew up with this. Yeah. But they listened to him. <clears throat> And when he, when he tells them that he's going to give the stuff to the princess, they don't say, you idiot. Good luck, idiot. <laughs> like, all right, you, you do that, buddy. They just, you, you do you, and then they ride off. Yeah, they don't discourage him, I guess. They just, <laughs> they don't want to hang out with him. Right, they've got nothing in common with him. No, they don't speak the same language. No, but the princess does, so I guess in that case. <laughs> <laughs> the, the princess speaks idiot. <laughs> Are we are we supposed to sympathize with Hans? Like he's the main character, right? Yeah, I think we're supposed to be rooting with him, for, rooting for him. Although his earliest line is that he's going to take her whether she wants him or not. Right. Which, yeah, it's not a great first impression. Which does not put me on his side. And then his first major action is to gallop a goat into a dead crow. So. <laughs> Into a dead crow? Well, next to a dead crow, which he then picks up. Yeah. Those things carry all kinds of diseases. Yeah. Like, you shouldn't even pick bird feathers off of the ground because they yeah. can carry diseases that are communicable to humans. Yeah, I don't. Um, so How do you like, feel about then immediately eating it? I don't think in he, a shoe. He, he, I mean, he doesn't he eat it. it. This was just witty repartee. They don't actually follow through on anything but throwing mud at someone. Sure. The two of them are definitely going to create their own language that no one else at court understands. Is this a Shrek ending? Kinda. Which Shrek? The first one. The, the... Where they go off and live in a swamp? Where he finds out that the princess is just him but a girl. <laughs> <laughs> is not the high class lady she's supposed to be. Like she's just, she really likes bird and <clears throat> pranks. She's way into meme culture. <laughs> yeah. She likes, she likes meme culture and practical jokes. Everything that they said to each other, I'm pretty sure I've seen on a Minions meme. <laughs> <laughs> I'm almost certain. Yeah. If you haven't, then we've got work to do. <laughs> as much as I don't want to bring those back out of the, <clears throat> the crypt in which they have been entombed. <laughs> I'm just saying. That's the quality of the stuff that we're working with here. Okay. So... Do they know something that we don't? Is this is this somehow the right outcome and the better outcome and we just can't see it? Are well, they if, speaking on a level that's so advanced that we can't understand? If this is how she communicates, it's probably the right outcome because 
I mean, she La- was not going to get along with <laughs> any La- of the others. With an experienced lawyer. Yeah, Labro, who is definitely the swooningest of the options, would eventually get sick of basically have, having married his brother as a princess. <laughs> like, at least they can keep each other entertained eternally. Sure. Life is hell at court for anyone else working there. Yeah. It's just full of dick jokes now. <laughs> just pranks. Are they speaking in code? That's what I mean by thieves can't. Yeah. They're they're communicating something else. Did we stumble on the Illuminati? <laughs> without <laughs> noticing. Maybe. Is there any... <laughs> can we back that up? Well, I have... How many triangles are in this story? Crowbeak. Three brothers. Three brothers, three, three points of a triangle. Uh, three people recording all of the words. That's three two, threes. Two are they, clerks are they surrounding the princess? Is she encapsulated in a triangle? Possibly. They're at every window, but it doesn't tell us how many windows there are. Is fire triangles? Kind, kind of. If it's, if it's low poly, then yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Um, like, getting into some really wild speculation here. Is that not what we've been doing? No, we've is, been... that, is that outside our... Is that how you want to cap off the Illuminati segment? <laughs> <laughs> Alright, now let's get into some wet and wild speculation. Let's get into the wacky shit now. <laughs> Put the Illuminati away, everybody. I'm taking us past that, which has... We're going off-road. <laughs> some semblance of evidence. And into, like, what is the nature of this princess? What is the nature of her? Yeah, like, is she a normal human? Because she's not acting like it. She's not. She acts... Maybe she's been bewitched. She might be bewitched. She might be a fairy. She doesn't own pots or pans. At least, that's what she says to him. Which is kind of a fairy thing. Not owning stuff? Not owning the necessary requirements for cooking. And it's a pan with a tin handle, so... She doesn't react in terror as she would if it was iron. Yeah. So. Possible she's a fairy. Maybe he's a changeling, which is why he's so different from the rest of his family. Where do they come from? Um, changelings are when fairies put one of their children in place of a human child. Hmm. Yeah. Historically, I think it was how they explained away um, social c- conditions that didn't show up until later in development. Like, a child would be socially developing on a normal level until... A certain age, usually like around three, and then symptoms of different development would show up. So like autism and stuff that, right. that you don't catch until later. Mm-hmm. That's where... Fairies did it. Scientists think the... I don't know if scientist is the right word. I don't know who was studying this, but whoever was, the <coughs> learned priests. individuals who studied this uh-huh. believe that Sages. The, the changeling folklore came from autism. trying to explain <laughs> autism and other similar... Uh, Learning disabilities. Right. Yeah, that or, makes sense. Or social differences. Mm-hmm. We're saying this guy's just a straight up fairy changeling. Oh, yeah, we're working in fairyland in which we don't have to use real explanations for why these things happen. So, yeah, he's straight up changeling, and they're speaking weird fairy code. And she is pleased that he has a dead bird to show her. Well, that's very symbolic, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. that, that bird no longer, I mean, it helps him get where he wants to go but it has no agency it is dead mm-hmm. it is it is a dead member of the resistance is that why she made jokes about burning baby birds <laughs> that's the signal flag i mean chickens can be grown-ups too usually i thought they you are. specified that they were babies or was that him? No, roasting young chickens hmm. um 
It's babies. But I, th- I think, well, one of the translations is just that they're roasting chickens, and then the other one, it's we're roasting young chickens, and I included that one because it sounded like she's making a joke about how they're roasting all of these suitors. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Um, but yeah, it could be also code. I mean, yeah, you have you have a dead a dead bird, that's a dead dead bird fall. Is there a way to s- to spin this as propaganda? I mean, they're writing down the propaganda as they speak, right? That's what I mean. The code was being recorded. Is this now being presented as silly nonsense that right. an old man, a doddering old man, recorded? She does. She does call out that one alderman. Yeah. And the end of the story does tell us it comes from that guy's newspaper. Yeah. But both translations say in different ways that you can't trust it or that it can't be depended upon. Sure. It's not always accurate. So, yeah, that could very much be fairy meddling in the free press. This brought up something that I've been thinking about since our last episode where Mm -hmm. we decided we were going to investigate fairies closer Mm -hmm. that I didn't bring up last time is the fact that these are referred to as fairy tales. That we read from specifically Donois, right? Who definitely had a fairy agenda going on because all of her stories involve them. You're saying these are inherently pro fairy, right? Or spun in such a way as to deflect investigation. Yeah, but they're not necessarily pro fairy. They're just about fairy. Mm -hmm. So that could go in either direction. It could be a pro fairy, like. We're the good guys, and these stories are about us. Or it could just be, these are the stories about fairies and all the shit they're doing. Well, that's what I mean, is that they they presumably started that way and then were tampered with to become what we read now. To be less fairy-focused. Yeah, and also ridiculous. Well, there's a definite difference. And full of holes. Between (laughs) That have been redacted. It's a trunchbull defense. We've read both fairy tales and folk tales on this podcast, and there's kind of a a tone difference. Certainly. In them. Certainly. And I think this one is a little closer in tone to fairy tale. One has a lot more murder in it. <laughs> Which one are you saying has more murder? Folk. By what standards? That murder is usually featured. Yeah. And has a spotlight on it. How how would you Violence define Violence and them? murder. What? How would you define them in a nutshell? Okay. Just since we're talking about Between this. Between the two? Yeah. Like, since we're talking about this, let's let's classify what we mean the folk tales are are grittier typically sure and are are spoken as if to present wisdom of some kind to whoever they're imparted on sure folk tales are a little bit more like the tale of the common man yeah mm-hmm. and they also seem to focus on like smaller places smaller situations they don't usually feature royalty like princes and princesses yeah. and and kingdoms, and they don't usually feature um, magical and other beings. If and when magic occurs, it's nasty in nature. Seems to be. Are you? What are you thinking of in particular? Like what tale are you? Something like Tamlin, or Tamlin's a fairy tale in a ballad. Well, it features a fairy. Right, but it's more on the fairy tale side in its structure. It's fairy got... tales are just straight goofed up. But I'd say a folk tale would be more. Like the um, the hillbilly tales that we read, right? Or the uh, some of the Irish folk tales that mm-hmm. don't feature fairies that are more about like the one that we had in Georgia and Ireland. I'd say yeah. that that was a folk tale. It's more about common people the screwing sh- with each the other, brothers and the sheep. Right. There's not 
much <clears throat> in the way of magic going on there. Sure. But I don't know. Again, not trained folklorists here, so <laughs> if if those of us, uh, those of you who are, would like to weigh in on the actual technical difference between a fairy tale and a folk tale, I think that's good enough. <laughs> <laughs> so speaketh the unicorn. What what do we do to this story? Because I think we got to address not just the larger scope, but what do we do to this one to make it a better story? You know how you hold a pencil. Yeah. I know how I hold a pencil. How do you typically hold a pencil? Just in a big fist. <laughs> and I scribble. Which end is facing down? Am I writing or erasing? You're writing. Currently. Okay. <laughs> um, Are you following what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I, he's, he's setting you up for something. I'm writing. Yeah. yeah point, point down. Points down? Yeah. Flip yeah. it. Bop it. <laughs> Spin it. Click it. Burn it. What? Destroy. Yeah. Tear it to shreds. Yeah. Put it in the ocean. Yeah. Let's not talk about this story. <laughs> just, er- just erase it, not worth anything? I don't feel like it is. I don't know. She could be very bewitched in seeking a changeling king. She she could be, but like just based on just based on the plot, can we can we spruce it up a little bit? Um, well we would need to replace everything they said with things that are actually <laughs> clever. Yeah. Take a West Wing script and put it in instead. Yeah, just watch an Aaron Sorkin movie. Watch yeah. The Social Network. <laughs> watch um, Studio... <clears throat> Studio... What's it called? 60. Studio 62? Just 60. Studio 60? <laughs> On the Sunset Strip. What about the other studios? They're not as good. 1 through 59 are worth watching? They're not featured. Is Studio 60 worth watching? Is it? I think so. Okay. <laughs> Seems debatable. Certainly debatable. <laughs> I don't know that it holds up. Um... Well, how can we change what he's got into some kind of clever repartee? None. Not. Are there other random-ass objects that he could pick up on the side of the road that his brothers would laugh at him, but he would potentially be formulating an actual plan with? Almost certainly, but those <laughs> those variables are well, indefinite. Let's see if we can come up with one one good set of three items that he could have picked up and made like a really... I just walked in and said something bomb about them. Pine cone. Yeah. Some guttering. Sure. And a nail. A single nail. Okay. So what's what's your clever repartee for pine cone? How's he going to s- start in with that? <laughs> you don't want to start with me. <laughs> and pine cones. It becomes crime. <laughs> it always becomes crime. <laughs> Alright, I'm going to start. He comes in and instead of commenting on the heat, because everyone's doing that, and that's obviously a loser strat. Yep. Yeah. How's the weather? He comes in and he's like, <laughs> Hey, princess. How's the weather up there? Hey, you want a nail? How about this this weather? He says, Hey, you want a nail? And then she's all offended, and then he hands her an actual nail. Hey, you want a nail? Yeah. Like, that's a sex term. Yeah, so we're just we're just trying to think of a good pickup line for right. him. <laughs> he comes in and he, he he says, "Hey, you want a nail?" You just want a nail. You want a nail. As in, do you want to? Yeah. Or do you want a nail? Do you, you want, want to? Do nail. you want to get it nails? It sounds. It sounds. Sounds like, real you're, dirty, you're, doesn't it? You're smushing them together. Yeah, you're saying wanna, wanna. so that you there's some confusion. Mm-hmm. 
is misleading her deliberately. So she gets offended. She gets offended and he hands her a nail. It's very, very clever. And then if she's a fairy, she dies. <laughs> right. She burns immediately. So, okay. so two birds with one stone. <laughs> but if she's not, she's pleasantly surprised by this pickup artist. I don't know about that one. Look, we are... Her standards aren't great. <laughs> We're working... With very limited resources here. Right, but this is barely a cut above what actually happens. <laughs> I would say this is several cuts above. At least there's a through line of thought. Shh, okay. Alright, so now he's done that, and now gotta go. Do you want me to fix your house? <laughs> With that nail? I'm a certified gutter repairman. I think so there's a gutter down on the floor? Nine nine ninety five an hour. I'll inspect your gutters and fix them. And then he call, leans forward and winks. Call to, I'll call, inspect your gutters. Call today for a quote. Here's my business card. You want a nail? <laughs> your gutters? It's just a, He's just trying to get a business off the ground. <laughs> All right, crime boy, bring us home. And then he spikes the pine cone directly into her nose and says, minty fresh, and runs out of the room. <laughs> was that, was that was it, what was in your back pocket the whole time? No, that was at the front of the pocket. What's That's your, why I said you don't want to start with me. What's your you just leave. So that that was what you had going, mm-hmm. and you ripped me apart on the nail thing. Pinecone grenade. So That's where I thought right. it was gonna Good go. Point. Extricate from the situation. <laughs> when clearly when... you're not prepared. Buy yourself more time. <laughs> just set, light it up. Set down a smoke screen. Come back later. <laughs> You gotta do. You gotta do a trial run. Gather some intel. All right. How's and then, this? And then come back with some more heat. How's this instead? He strides in on his goat. She begins to speak, and he just holds a hand up, and he says, "It's hot in here." And he throws the pine cone into the fire. <laughs> and he's like, "That's better." <laughs> or he says, "It's not hot enough in here because everyone else is complaining about the heat." Right. Now let's add Can more he... fuel to this fire. It's the cold fires... in here. Pine cone. Now it smells good. Fires let's, of love are roaring. Let's do this. Want a nail? <laughs> Want a nail? Did he come in and say, you gutter trash? <laughs> Why are we just writing like a weird porno now? <laughs> I mean, it's because that's that's where this story ends, inevitably. All, all roads lead to just some weird stuff happening. I think our problem is that the root of the issues in the story are her standards for picking a husband. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because... If, like, if this was a real story, it would be very brief. Like, these these brothers would get in line, one would come up and say, hi, I, I embroider in my spare time and in my day job, I'm, like, I'm a master lawsman. And she'd be like, okay, yep, seems good to me. She has... She ha- her... <laughs> the password on her kingdom... Is three point authentication, but every one of the passwords is just one, two, three, four. <laughs> you just do that three times and you're in. Like, historically, men don't have an issue talking for a long period of time. No, we're very good at it. So it seems like a bad metric. <laughs> well, like, a better metric would be I will take from my husband one who lets me talk every now and then and listens to it. For Does, real. Doesn't sell me on weird platitudes. <laughs> and a better way for him to win her over would be to ask her questions about herself instead of... Hot in here. 
Yeah, commenting on the weather. Should I leave? (laughs) (laughs) There's your line. That's his end. And then he starts to walk out. She's like, holy shit. Now I want that, him. That, don't leave. Yeah, I don't I don't think this I don't think this story's I don't think the bones are there. It doesn't have the skeleton. Right, like her standards are warped to begin with. The most to say for himself does not necessarily mean best to say. Like she just needs someone who could monologue without stopping in a room full of mirrors and heat creaky floors. Uh from all the stories that we have read if we could have one character in line to try to marry this princess, who would it be? Who would who would bring the most spice? Bony. <laughs> he doesn't have a lot to say for himself, though. He's who, just the coolest. No, he should. He walks through the door win. and says, "Crab attack," and grabs her. Crab claw <laughs> goes to his kingdom. Crab claw. Who should win? Is it Bony? Who should win? Yeah. Based on her standards. Based, based on her standards, someone who can talk themselves up the most. Taylor. Brave little Taylor. Yeah. Taylor man. Yeah. Wonder I want to see these yeah. two fight. <laughs> T- Taylor and... And, and, and Dunko. And, <laughs> well, don't use, don't use that name for so, him. Sorry. Sorry, that's offensive. <laughs> and Black, Blackhead Stan. Yeah. Blackhead... What's his name? Hans. Hans. Yeah, it sh- it should definitely be the tailor. That see that would be a good ending, if <laughs> if he went up and he was like, and and he makes his pitch. He's like, I got this bird. Do you want me to put it in a shoe? And then suddenly the doors bang open from the end of the hall, and the tailor's like, seven out of blow <laughs> from the top rope. The tailor had charisma <laughs> from the top rope. People's elbow coming in. <laughs> What do you want to know about me? I got all day. <laughs> and that would work out for the Taylor's wife, too, because she hates being married to him. <laughs> Was that true? Yeah. I don't, I don't remember that No, she part. tries to get him killed. His wife does? Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good trade. And and he scares off all the people. Does she, does she want... And so she's just stuck married to this guy she doesn't want. Do you think she would want sort of a carrion scavenger <laughs> in his place? <laughs> Somehow I don't think so. <laughs> she she was very clear on her standards, which are at least a prince. I have three different items that we can try. Okay. How, <coughs> how he, crime he, are they? That he finds out in the road. Anything can be crime. Okay, that's true. I'm here to prove you that. Uh, he finds a used pickle jar, a hat made of leaves. It's like a... It's like a... Uh, shit. What's that hat called? Uh, a bucket hat? No. Trilby. No. Fedora. Pork something. Pork pie. Yeah. It's a pork pie hat made of leaves. Uh-huh. And a man made of ants. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Or an ant... Made of men. A, a man-shaped effigy made of ants. <laughs> okay. It does not speak, it does not emote, but it walks like a man. <laughs> okay. It's a golem of sorts. <laughs> it's a golem of ants. <laughs> In the shape of a man. Okay. To what? lead it, he must hold it by the hand. He's <laughs> <laughs> just covered is, in ant bites. Where is this going? Are these just random items that we have to work with? Yeah. These replace the nail, the pine cone, and the gutter stuff. <laughs> okay. Maybe. You have to have a plan for this. He's, he's, just gonna, he's just gonna Sparta kick the golem into the fire to look like a big shot. <laughs> 
while I guess while wearing his cool hat, maybe he can maybe he can throw the hat onto the uh, the alderman's head from across the room. He's like, you see that guy over there? <laughs> Frisbee throw the hat lands right on his head. That doesn't like, check this out. That's not talking the most though. Actions speak louder than words. He's having sweet frisbee moves. He could then prove that he would be a great teammate on her ultimate league. He walks in to the chambers wearing the hat. Yeah. He doffs it. Yeah. It says, top of the morning. Treetops. Get it? Shackle. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's any good approach for this. I'm, I'll be honest. Twirls it into the fire. It says, let me introduce to you our son. <laughs> Why not? Would you like to meet my aunt? No. Okay. He, he has to convince her that this is their child. That they've already had it. The aunt golem. Yeah. <laughs> they've there's... already had a child. They're already married. He does not speak. He all, has... of, all of this is a formality. Mm-hmm. He's a little slow. What was the other thing? A used pickle jar. Okay. Well, it's just a good snack. No, it's, it's just a jar. There's no pickles left? It's got some juice in it. Yeah, it's good enough. You should knock back the pickle juice. There you go. I'm going to belch real loud. He's, yeah, he swigs it back. He says, want to hit? <laughs> and then he... Can I buy you a drink? He stuffs her hand into it. <laughs> what? What? While, like while she's sleeping? No, while she's that sitting... Trick? Sitting stunned by the ant golem. Yeah. Yeah. The ant golem holds her shoulders down. She forces the hand into the jar, which is a magical binding. Sure. And then you run away together. Yeah, that makes as much sense as what we just read. Well, I think maybe if we change the moral of the story so that she's not happy about this, but is stuck with him because he's said the most of all her suitors... So it's a cautionary tale. Then it's yeah. be careful what you wish for. That's way better. It's be careful what you like. Don't make be stupid standards you for your yeah, men. Yeah, that's that's a much better story. Or or put them through a literal gauntlet of. Oh, I'll, I'll be honest. I really want to find a way to get the cherry man in this line, but I'm <laughs> I'm not seeing a link. What if he just starts appearing in the background like Slender Man? I, that is how I imagine him. He was just filling so cherries there, at all. And he's then, been there this whole time. The cherry man is in every story, whether he's mentioned or not. He's just he's just always around. Just look in the frames. If you're very quiet, you can hear him cherries. in the background. Cherries. You got them cherries for sale. <laughs> all right, quick cast, because we haven't done that in a while. Josh Gad. As? Main dude. Okay. Block Edwin. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> That yeah. works. Yeah, I had that one. Had that one ready to go. Um, lawman Jamie Lannister. What's his name? It's very fancy sounding. Nikolaj. Got me. Something. I think he might be Danish. Coster Waldo. Something like that. That guy. You know who I mean? Nope. Okay, let's just go with Aaron Eckhart. Okay. That's <laughs> close enough. Fallback man. <laughs> uh, let's go with lawyer. Aaron Eckhart. Yeah. What about Liam Hemsworth? Um, for the lawyer? Yeah. Which one of those two looks like they're more related to Josh Cat? <laughs> By blood. Um, who, who's the, uh, who's the guy, the other one? The, the news. Dictionary. News, the dictionary. Dictionary newsman. We do Liam Hemsworth and Chris Hemsworth, and then they're actual brothers. 
And Josh Gad. <laughs> and Josh Gad. I'm okay with that, actually. Yeah, yeah this is a good casting. Just tagging along. Yeah. It's good casting. And then all we need is the princess. <clears throat> That's not all we need. Who else do we need? We'll get to that. Okay. Cherry Man is CG. Cherry Man um, is, once again, Andy Circus in a suit. <laughs> slash Doug Jones. Or Doug Jones. Oh, yeah, he'd be better. Um, Princess Cameron Diaz. Because <laughs> Shrek... Well, because Shrek and... I feel like we can get... It seems like she'd have an idea like that. I don't know. I feel like there's weirder out there. We need, like, a really weird quirky princess. A quirky princess? Yeah, the kind of princess who would want her suitors to play improv games with her. Kristen Schaal. I, th- I think I like Kristen Schaal too, <laughs> too much, too much to, to, to put her in this subjugate position. Her to this. Um... Maria Bamford? Yeah. <laughs> she, could, she could do it. She, yeah. She, good, she'd take that job. That's, that's a good lock. Okay. All right. We got a movie. Ant Golem. Ant Golem? <laughs> it's not a speaking role, and yeah. it's probably CG, but it has to have the likeness of someone. Yeah. That's has to least. be modeled after somebody. Yeah. Um... Pat Oswalt. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, now I kind of wanted to have his voice. Josh Gad holding the hand of a patent Oswald golem. Shaped golem. Yeah, why not? Pixar's new film. <laughs> These write themselves, Pixar. It's not that hard. <laughs> I don't know why Hollywood doesn't have us on retainer yet. Someday. Well, thanks. <laughs> We're just done now. Thanks. Thanks, Doug. We hope you enjoyed this production of What the Folklore Presents. Blo- a Doug's Tale. Blockhead Stan. <laughs> a, a Dunk Mark Tale. <laughs> from What the Folklore. Uh, if you if you enjoyed this production, there's like 90 others. Hey, guys. Did we ever say our goddamn names in this episode? Nah. <laughs> sure didn't. Sure didn't. We did not. Nope. Um, cool beans. We are the mystery people. We're, <laughs> we're smoke in the darkness. <laughs> well, well, let's just... Yeah, we should do that now, I guess. Nope. No, we are it's shadows on the wall. All right. Yeah, okay. You'll never um, find us. If you liked this, there's there's 90 more, so go back and, <laughs> and listen to those. Um, and if you do like them, then share them around. Put them on Facebook. Tweet them. Tweet them out. Uh, go on to iTunes. Give us a rating and review us. That does not take very much time, and it is a very, very big help to us. So please go do that if you have a spare minute while you're listening to this episode just go do it it tricks other suckers yeah because misery loves company pulls more in um we're we're all around the web by the handle wt folklore on pretty much all them big sites you can donate at patreon slash wt folklore if you so choose thank you to all of our current sponsors thank you doug (laughs) um i think that i think that does it is that everything uh we have the wtfolklorepodcast.blogspot.com Yeah. Which is where you can find uh, new information on old stories that we've already read. Like legitimate information. Some of it. Some of it's good. If any of it piques your interest and our dumb jokes 
make you less interested, <laughs> go there instead. Yeah, there's a lot of actual resources out there for you to learn. Yeah, we're, this is the gateway. We're digging deeper into the meat of our folktales and starting to connect our various conspiracy theories throughout our 90-episode catalog. There's that, too. But I, I mean, if you want a concise summary of what happens in the story. <laughs> no, I'm not doing that. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you want a concise summary, go to the Wikipedia page for any of these stories. <laughs> no, like you can listen to our episodes. Thank you very much. But I will be going deeper into um, variants of the tales that we did not read, uh, putting any details that we might have missed in the stories, asking questions that didn't come up during the episode because we were so flabbergasted by our first pass, and then making links, um, tracking things like Project Birdfall, the Evil Fairy Agenda. Um, so it's like DVD special boys. features. Yeah. Let's see. Remember DVDs? I do. And on that wistful <laughs> note, everybody have, uh, in the States at least, a happy Thanksgiving. I hope yeah. that you can still find stuff that you're thankful for after 2016 ripped a hole in the universe. Stay safe out there. We love you all. We're thankful for you. And Doug. Thank you, Doug. Thank you, Doug. Thanks. Or what the folklore. That's how that works. Thank you, Doug. This has been What the Folklore. Thanks for listening to our show. If you have any feedback for us, you can leave it either by Gmail or Facebook. Our Gmail account is wtfolklore at gmail.com, and our Facebook page can be found at facebook.com slash wtfolklore. Feel free to send in stories if you have any particularly odd pieces of folklore mythology that you would like to hear us talk about. Special thanks to the Brobdingnagian Bards for the use of their song Happily Ever After from their album Brobdingnagian Fairy Tales.